this historical timeline is about Reconquista. Reconquista is a little-known period that lasted from 718 to 1492, almost 800 years. There were revolts and suppression in the Roman period, Celtic waves, Muslim caliphates, a plethora of Catholic kingdoms, and during all of this, the Jews play a large part in both the Catholic and Muslim-controlled regions. Reconquista was a push to remove Muslims from the Iberian Peninsula, which is modern-day Spain and Portugal, and return it to European papal control. The Iberian was a Carthaginian colony and later taken over as a frontier region of Rome. Much of what you will hear about this region in contemporary archaeology is how the evil Europeans kicked out the nice Arabs and about how the nice Arabs brought culture to the region. It's all bogus. Much of the infrastructure was there from the Roman times, the architecture was evolved from the Visigoths, and Muslims were notorious for allowing locals to continue to run things for them because they lacked the ability to properly administer states. But let's dig into the dates. Conquista and the birth of the Crusades. 264 to 146 BC, Punic Wars were fought by Rome against Carthage to become the dominant power in the region. 237 BC, Hamilcar from Carthage began his conquest of the Iberian in order to pay off the debt incurred from the treaty with Rome during the First Punic War. 206 BC, the Battle of Ilipa. During the Second Punic War, Rome pushes the Carthaginians off of the Iberian. 146 BC, Carthage is destroyed by Rome. 83 BC, Sertorius moves to the Iberian Peninsula and begins taking control of the region during one of Rome's civil wars. He would defeat Pompey multiple times, but the Roman legions were able to replenish their losses and continue to attrit Sertorius's forces. Sertorius was the greatest catalyst for Romanization in the region. 72 BC, Sertorius was assassinated, allowing Rome to retake control of most of the Iberian. 1 AD, Jesus changed the world. 70, Jews are kicked out of Israel by Rome after a rebellion. The Jewish temple was destroyed. Jews migrated as far west as the Iberian Peninsula, which was as far as they could go at the time. 330, Constantine established Constantinople as the seat of power for the Byzantine Empire and takes on Christianity as a preferred religion in the empire. It was not, in fact, Christianity. It was the rebranded Roman state religion mixed with Mithraic sun worship. 341, Eusebius makes Ulphilus bishop of the Goths. Ulphilus converts the Gothic tribes from paganism to Christianity. 409, the Vandals cross the Pyrenees, a mountain range dividing the Iberian Peninsula from the rest of Europe, and attempt to settle the region. 410, the Visigothic king Alaric sacks Rome. In the 470s, Visigoths migrated to the Iberian at the request of the Romans and slowly pushed the Vandals to North Africa. Visigoths used the Roman system of administration because a Visigothic emperor was on the throne of Rome. 476, the Western Roman Empire falls. 587, Visigoths convert to Catholicism from Christianity and begin persecuting the Jews in the region. Persecution continues until the Muslims begin to take over and the Visigoths' rule crumbles. 602, the Byzantine-Sassanian War is fought. The war is between the Byzantines and the Persians. The 26-year war is going to set the stage for the rise of Islam. The rise of Islam will be an upcoming historical timeline. 610, Muhammad was visited in a cave by an evil spirit who grabbed him and told him to read and recite three times. 
Mohammed told the spirit that he could not read. He was so scared of the evil spirit that he ran to his wife and hid under a blanket. Mohammed's wife called her cousin, who just so happened to be a Catholic priest and believed in Nestorianism. Nestorians believed that Jesus was a prophet and not God. This is probably where Islam pulls its views about Jesus. The Catholic priest told Mohammed that the spirit was an angel and that the words that he gave him were revelations. Over the course of the next three years, Mohammed, while being suicidal and practicing mysticism, he continued to visit the cave and talk to the spirit. Mohammed could not read or write, so he would preach the words of the spirit to other people. Islam was and is a sect of Catholicism. 20% of the Quran is based on Catholic or biblical teaching. 622, Muhammad, who was in his 50s, married a six-year-old girl named Aisha. They consummated the marriage when she was nine, which makes him a pedo warlord. 624, Muhammad began conquering local Arab tribes that refused to join his cult established on Nabataean rock worship. He used his teaching as a way to unite his growing empire. Islam has always been political. All large centralized religions are tools for political control. Prior to Islam, Arabs were a nomadic collection of tribes. Once Islam is rebranded by Abd al-Malik, Islam will elevate Arabs to be the chosen people. June 6, 632, Muhammad dies. Muhammad never had the Quran written down. He also did not leave a successor. Here's a question for you. If you got a message from a messenger from God that told you to read and recite, would you not take the time to learn how to read? Muhammad never learned how to read or write. When he died, the Rashidun Caliphate started with Abu Bakr. 636, Islam began taking control of territory from the Byzantines in the Levant and from the Persians in the east under Umar ibn al-Khattab. 691, the Dome of the Rock is built by Abd al-Malik and faces Petra. Where the Dome of the Rock faces is important because mosque won't start facing Mecca until 727. Even after 727, mosque will either face Petra, Mecca, or straight south. Mosque won't uniformly start facing Mecca until 822. It's all very confusing. I will go into more detail in Rise of Islam. April 711 through 718, the Battle of Guadalete. Visigothic King Roderick is defeated by Tariq, a subordinate of the Umayyad Caliphate. The Umayyad Caliphate begins the conquest of Hispania. Muslims start to wipe out the already fractured Visigoths. Let's go back and organize all that information. A guy named Sertorius goes to the Iberian and Romanizes the area. Then we have Germanic tribes coming through in two different waves and leaving their mark on the Iberian Peninsula. If we go back to what I said at the beginning, it shows that modern archaeology wants to say that Europeans stole this land from Arabs who were bringing culture to the area. But by 500, Sertorius, the Vandals, and the Visigoths had occupied the area and Romanized it or made it European. And they did all of this 200 years before Islam even existed. In that time period, Catholicism begins 
and starts converting Europe. Remember, Catholicism is different from actual Christianity. Catholicism is the Roman state religion with pagan sun worship clothed in Christianity. Catholicism reaches the Iberian Peninsula by 580. Islam starts around 610, but doesn't make it out of Saudi Arabia until the 630s or later. Islam started out and up until this point still is a oral tradition. Islam won't become a written book until 200 years or so after Muhammad dies. But what Islam will do is it will unite the Arabs and allow them to turn their force outward against the Catholics. So Islam initially pushes east through Persian territory, then it's going to push west across Africa and then across the Strait of Gibraltar into the Iberian Peninsula. Now remember, what allowed Islam to push out of the Arabian Peninsula was the fact of the Byzantine-Sassanian War, which weakened the Byzantines and the Persians. So now, at 718, the Umayyad Caliphate has pushed all the way across the Iberian up to the Pyrenees, and there's a little sliver that they don't control at the top. So in 718, the Battle of Covadonga, it's in the extreme northern part of the Iberian, starts. This battle starts the Reconquista time period. This is when the empire, the Catholics, are striking back. So from this point on, the Catholics will begin pushing the Muslims back. In doing this, it'll also set up the kingdom of Astorius. Astorius is just a Catholic kingdom in the extreme north of the Iberian Peninsula. 750, the Umayyad Caliphate was overthrown by the Abbasid Caliphate. And when I say overthrown, I mean complete wipe. They had to remove every single bloodline so they could start a new caliphate. But one got away. So here's a question. Why would a theocratic society want to eliminate a bloodline to establish rule of a new caliphate? The reason is, at this point, Islam is not theocratic. It is a religion to control people and get them to kill themselves for the cause, but it isn't like it is today. All Islam did was standardize the religion across all of the Arabs. By 750, Muhammad is only mentioned by name four times, and Mecca is only mentioned once. More modern Islam would be fleshed out in the 690s by Abd al-Malik when he changed the coinage and he builds the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem. The Islamic rebranding done by al-Malik will set up the Arabs as a unified people and that will help them push into the Iberian. But there were some problems in the Umayyad Caliphate as it expanded too fast. As it crumbled, the Abbasid Caliphate formed. So now we're back on track. 756, al-Rahman, he is Umayyad, fled from the Abbasids to the Iberian Peninsula, and he sets up the Emirate of Cordoba. This would later grow into the Caliphate of Cordoba. Cordoba is a city on the Iberian Peninsula, and that is where Al-Rahman set up his capital, which is why it is called the Emirate of Cordoba. A caliphate requires a religious backing in order for it to have legitimacy. So the Abbasids control Mecca, Saudi Arabia. So the Caliphate of Cordoba on the Iberian Peninsula can't orient its mosque facing Mecca because that would show the religious legitimacy would be with the Abbasid Caliphate. So he, in 784, builds a major mosque in Cordoba, Spain, and it didn't face Mecca. It just faces south. 
Now remember, Islam was based on Nabataean rock worship. So they're facing toward a special rock when they pray. And that is why these mosques are facing specific directions. The Caliphate of Cordoba couldn't face that rock. Why this matters for Reconquista is because the collapsing of the Umayyad Caliphate splinters off the Cordoba Caliphate, and then that allows the Catholics to push down and slowly take chunks of Cordoba without angering the entire Abbasid Caliphate because they are a separate entity. So in 814, bones of Santiago de Compostela are found in the far northwest of the Iberian Peninsula. These bones are considered a relic by the Catholic Church, and that is important. In order to build a cathedral, you have to have bones. So finding the bones, the Catholic Church calls them a relic. With the relic, they build a cathedral. That cathedral puts focus on the Iberian for all of the Catholic world. A new relic was found, so everyone focuses there. So this creates the focus of the first crusades. These aren't the first crusades that you'll find on Wikipedia. These are the first crusades where the Pope is going to grant absolution of sins if you go and fight this war for him. So the Pope now forces the focus on the Iberian. The Pope controls the world because, remember, if you look at his papal flag, you see that he has the two keys and the three crowns. One of those crowns makes him king of the earth, according to him. So in 814, faithful Catholics began making pilgrimages to Santiago de Compostela. They make the pilgrimage to see the relic. This is the beta test for the Crusades in Jerusalem. Crusaders would be sent to the Holy Land in order to clear the way so people can make pilgrimages to Israel. So in this situation, Crusaders are going to have to clear out the Iberian so people can make a pilgrimage to this relic or this idol. And just like the control that Islam brought to the Arabs, Catholicism will use the same control to force that energy and aggression externally for a higher cause. 822, all mosques from this time forward will face Mecca. They are facing Mecca because they are worshiping that black rock, that Islamic relic, that idol. Even the Quran will mention a change in direction of prayer to legitimize the move from wherever they prayed before to Mecca, which is what every Islamic person prays to today. They turn, they orient themselves toward that rock, and they pray no matter where they are on the globe. So in the 830s, Ibn Hisham begins writing down the history of Muhammad that he heard from the teachings of Ibn Ishaq from the 760s. Muhammad dies in the 630s. They start to write the stuff down in the 830s, but they won't get an actual book together until the 870s. The issue is the Jews have a book, the Catholics have a book, the Muslims don't have a book. So they need a book in order to be legitimate as a religion. Up until this point, Islam was primarily an oral religion. Most of the people couldn't read, but they would memorize and recite them. This is evident in how they navigated the deserts. They would look at the sky, find a specific star, orient themselves in that direction, and then recite a poem so many times while they were walking at a specific pace. The poems would help keep their pace count, and the amount of times they recited them would get them to specific points to make their turns to navigate to the next star. So in the 870s, 
they begin writing the Quran again, they pick 7,000 of over 600,000 sayings and put that into the Quran. This is why the Quran has very few, if any, complete stories in it. In the 900s, Mecca is shown on a historical map for the first time. This is a problem with Islamic history. Because remember, supposedly Muhammad lived in Mecca. But it is looking more and more like Muhammad actually lived in Petra. But let's get back to the Iberian. 910, Alfonso III dies. When he dies, he divides Astorius, remember we mentioned that earlier, into three parts. Leon, Galicia, and Astorius. It's a smaller version of the bigger thing. He gives these three kingdoms to his three sons. Leon quickly establishes itself as the more dominant kingdom by taking over the other two. January 16th, 929, the Iberian becomes a caliphate called the Cordoba Caliphate, finally, under Al-Rahman III. This is the time period you hear about when historians want to promote the knowledge and culture of Islam. The interesting part about this period of history is that the Jews played a large part in translating this information because the Jews came from all over and had one or two languages they already knew. Once they learned Arabic, they had a much easier time translating. The Cordoba Caliphate would have one of, if not the largest, collection of books and knowledge in the world. Cordoba was taking literature from around the world and copying it into Arabic and then keeping it in libraries there. 930, back in Mecca, the Karmatians, they are a group of Arabs in the region. They go and attack Mecca and Medina and they steal the Black Stone. This is the Black Stone. You see them running around uh, during Hajj and trying to touch and kiss. So the Karmatians stole that, killed a bunch of people, like innocent people, in the cities and threw their bodies into the well to contaminate the well, and then they left. Remember, in that region, water is very, very important. The Karmatians would hold the Black Stone until 952, when they would return it to Mecca for a large ransom. But when they returned it, they smashed it into a bunch of pieces. So the black rock they run around today is actually a bunch of little rocks glued together in that big square building. It is also doubtful that all of that rock made it back in 952. 1031, the Caliphate of Cordoba falls. When it falls, the tribes fragment into what are called taifas. If you think back to the Visigoths, they did the same thing. There was a kingdom, it fell, they fragmented, and then they were overtaken. So what do you think is going to happen next? The fragmenting into taifas means that now the kingdom of Leon up north can push down and take over each taifa state without upsetting the other taifa states or the caliphate in Saudi Arabia. This is the time period of the historical character El Cid. Also, in this period, it wasn't all Islam versus Catholicism. Sometimes Muslims and Catholics would team up together to attack another Muslim or Catholic. I also want to add here, the Taifa states were Islamic, but they were more secular. They didn't really care if you were Islamic, they taxed you if you weren't, and they let people live their lives. So in this, the Jews played a large part in running these Taifa states in the various regions. 1037, the Kingdom of Leon merges with the Kingdom of Castile, giving the Catholic leaders a more unified base to start conquering even more of the Iberian Peninsula. 
The fate of the Iberian is going to be dependent on whichever power has unity. That unity is going to ultimately come from religion. 1054, Ibn Yasin will establish the Almoravids. These are going to be Sunnis, and their name means tied to God. You can see that Yasin understands that religion is important in unifying the people to then make them do what he wants as political control. 1064, Pope Alexander II offers remission of sin to those who are willing to free Barbastro in northern Spain. This is the first recorded papal-backed religious war. This is, in my opinion, the first crusade. The first official crusade, according to other historians, won't start until 1095. 1065, the Kingdom of Castile is established. 1070, Yusuf takes over the Almoravids and establishes Marrakesh as its capital in North Africa. 1075, construction starts on the cathedral Santiago de Compostela Cathedral. This was the relic found previously a few hundred years ago. But remember, the Pope has offered remissions of sins. He wants to put focus on the Iberian. He wants to take that over. So he's adding some incentive. Pilgrims are going to go there. There's going to be a cathedral. There's a relic. And I'm going to forgive your sins if you take over this region. May 25th, 1085. Toledo is reclaimed by the Europeans under Alfonso VI and will remain under their control for the duration of history. The Arabs had a large fighting force, but they lacked effective siege equipment. The reason for this is the Arabs came from a desert region where there weren't many trees. Siege equipment requires trees. The Arabs didn't have the experience or trees to develop effective siege equipment. 1086, Almoravids invade the Iberian Peninsula by declaring a fatwa on it. Now, it's interesting that the Muslims would develop a similar tactic that the Catholics are using in order to get people to fight their war. Let's go back a little bit. The Taifa states were secular Islamic states. The Almoravids are using that to declare a fatwa on them and say, hey, you're not Islamic enough. We're going to attack you and make you more Islamic. Once again, this religious war was just an excuse to gain territory and convince the populace to fight for the cause. 1090, the Templars are established. The Templars would also establish the banking system, think of the Federal Reserve, that we use today. The temple that the Templars associated themselves with was the Temple of Solomon. It didn't exist in this time period. It was destroyed back in 70. 1095, the common crusade period you learn about is 1095 to 1271. But if you listen to the Spanish Armada episode, you know that the papal-sponsored wars continued until 1588. The word crusade comes from the medieval Latin cruciata, which means to mark with a cross. Typically, the word crusade indicates a pope initiated or backed war where there is remission of sins involved. December 1118, Alfonso the Battler takes Zaragoza. 1121, the Almohads start out as a strict religious sect of Islam by Ibn Tumart, who was radicalized in Baghdad. The Almohads grew in North Africa inside the Almoravid Caliphate. Almohad is the Spanish sounding of Almuhawidi, which means, <laughs> listen, 
you try saying these names. If you would like to know how it's spelled, you can go to the website in the description and see the word and try to sound it out yourself. Regardless, the word means those who affirm the unity of God. 1146, Almohads begin moving into the Iberian to take control at the request of the Almoravids. This request would end up being their downfall as the Almohads replaced the Almoravids. The Almoravids realized they were losing control of the region, so in order to draw from another group of people to fight for them, they chose the Almohads. The Almohads were the Isis of the day. Where the Cordoba Caliphate was acquiring knowledge, the Almohads were book burners. The Almohads destroyed any knowledge that wasn't directly related to Quranic knowledge. The tactic was pure population control. They needed the people to be completely dependent on the state in order to maintain control. This is the beginning of Islam's Dark Ages period. Problem is, it continues in most parts of the Islamic world today. Islamic rulers' use of this style of leadership to control the population grew to this point. The Karmatians mentioned earlier had a system of government where in the cities, they didn't even use money. This communistic style of government is a hallmark of Catholic religions. Look at South America today. Look at every Islamic nation in the Middle East today as well. Communism isn't Russian, it's Catholic. October 25th, 1147, Lisbon is taken by the Europeans and paves the way for Portugal to become an independent country. 1157, Alfonso VII dies, and Leon and Castile separate and start fighting each other. 1171, the Almohads move the Iberian capital from Cordoba to Seville and build a mosque. The Almohads would tear down mosques and reorient them toward Mecca wherever they conquered. 1172, the Almohad Caliphate takes the southern portion of the Iberian, and the Europeans began infighting. 1179, Portugal is recognized by the Pope as a country because the Pope crowns kings and divides up the globe for his pawns. 1195, Rabat Mosque is started by Abu Yusuf Yaqub al-Mansur. The Rabat Mosque will never be finished. The location that the mosque was built on was a settlement called Shela, built a hundred years earlier by the Romans. 1195, July 18th, the Battle of Alarcos between the Almohads and Castile is a defeat for Castile. The battle was a grand scheme by Leon to weaken both the Almohads and Castile. Leon maintained an armistice with the Almohads while Castile was being attacked. Pope Celestine III excommunicates Alfonso IX, allowing other Catholic fighters to attack Leon. 1199, Al-Mansur dies. This stops work on the Rabat Mosque. It remains unfinished to this day. 1212, the Battle of Nasnava de Tolosa breaks the Almohad dominance in the Iberian. 1228, the Almohad leadership abandons the Iberian completely. The Almohad leadership retreats across the Strait of Gibraltar and heads back to North Africa, where they have a tighter control. They knew they were losing, and they didn't want to get caught in the Iberian. 1230, the Kingdom of Leon is absorbed by the Kingdom of Castile again. 
1238, the Emirate of Granada is established after the retreat of the Almohads to Northern Africa. Granada became a tributary state of Castile. 1299, the Ottoman Empire begins. 1307, on a Friday, on the 13th of the month, King Philip IV had all French Templars arrested. The Templars had more money than the king, and the king owed the Templars a lot more money. The king needed to seize their assets in order to keep the crown going. So the king made a deal with the Pope to turn on the Templars and seize their money. This is where the Friday the 13th superstition comes from. 1312, the Templars are disbanded officially by Pope Clement in Vox in Excelsio. Their property was turned over to the Knights Hospitaller with Ad Providam. The idea behind disbanding the Templars was that they were doing bizarre and heretical stuff, but most likely it was just a power and money grab. 1342, the Siege of Algresigas. Yusuf I introduces gunpowder-fired cannons in a major European conflict for the first time. 1350, March. During the Siege of Gibraltar, Alfonso XI dies of the Black Death. At this time, the Black Death spreads through all of Europe. 1394, Pope Boniface IX declares a crusade against the Ottomans. And the Catholic-Ottoman fighting is where Dracula comes from. 1408, December 8th. Sigismund, a future Holy Roman Emperor, founds a group which in Latin is called Societius Draconistarum. It is what we would call the Order of the Dragon. One of the Order of the Dragon's main goals was to fight off the Muslim encroachment by the Ottoman Empire. That order took the symbol of the Ouroboros, which is a dragon eating its own tail, or sometimes a snake eating its own tail, but in this case, it was a dragon being strangled by its tail. The symbolism goes back to ancient Egypt and the god Mahen, who was a snake god. Vlad the Impaler, his dad, was part of the Order of the Dragon. Vlad's dad took on the name Vlad Dracul, which also means Vlad the Dragon. And that is where he gets the name Dracula, which means son of the dragon. The Order of the Dragon wanted to fight heretics and pagans, and was founded by the Holy Roman Empire. This Holy Roman order uses Egyptian symbolism to wage its holy wars. 1462, June, Vlad the Impaler, while at war with the Ottomans, creates the Forest of the Impaled. When the Ottomans see this, they just turn and walk away. They don't want any of that. The Forest of the Impaled was thousands of people impaled on spikes to let the Ottomans know what was in store for them if they came and fought. Vlad the Impaler was kind of mad at the Ottomans because his brother and him were sent to the Ottoman kingdom when they were younger. Vlad got a healthy hatred for the Ottomans while his brother got something else from the Ottomans. Let's just say Vlad's brother was a pretty boy and what I'm trying to say is he wasn't exactly into the ladies. At the time when this happened, the ruler of the Ottomans was the guy who was good friends with Vlad's brother when they were younger. I threw that in there just because it was extremely interesting and it shows that there were religious wars going on both sides of Europe at the time. 1469, 
Fernando of Castile and Isabel of Aragon unite in marriage and focus on conquering Granada. At this point, most of the Iberian has solidified and is working to focus their aggression externally. November 1st, 1478, the Spanish Inquisition begins. The Spanish Inquisition persecutes any non-Catholics. Now, that could be Jews or it could also be Muslims. But most of the Muslims had left. This focused a lot on Jews. Jews were the main focus of the Inquisition. Catholic leaders used the Inquisition to take wealth from the Jews in the region and give it to themselves. They veiled this tactic in a religious piety. When someone was accused of heresy, they were oftentimes convicted. The private accuser got a reward, and the inquisitor and the church got everything else the accused owned. Jews, being a small group, could easily be attacked without a general uprising of the populace because the Jews were demonized in Catholic churches. In this time period, you could literally be killed for just being a Jew. This is the time period where the converso or the crypto-Jew emerges. The Spanish also called them maranos, which means pig because Jews would not eat pork. The Inquisition would bring about a set of clothing that would signify someone who was a heretic and what their punishment was. It ranged from a cloak that had flames and demons to something that had flames pointed downward to something that just had an X on it. If you had demons on your shirt, then you were going to be burned at the stake. If you had flames pointed downward, then that meant that you were saved from the flames. And when I say saved from the flames, I mean that you wouldn't be burned alive. They would strangle you and then burn your dead body. If you had the X on your tunic, then that meant you just had to do some penance and you were going to be fine. But that penance would involve taking all your stuff. 1492, Granada Falls to Castile. The Vatican was a heavy backer of the 10-year war leading up to the fall of Granada. Also in 1492, this is the year the Jews were forced to convert to Catholicism or flee the country. This was also the year that Christopher Columbus set sail to find an alternate route to India, and he may have taken Jews with him to the New World. 1876, modern-day Spain takes the name Spain. What does Spain mean? It's a good question. No one really knows, but a similar-sounding version dates back to the Phoenicians, who were the Carthaginians... The guys that were at war with Rome, who Rome eventually annihilated. But the meaning ranges from land where metals are forged, because Spain was a, a great source of silver at the time, or it means the land of rabbits. Now, there weren't necessarily rabbits there, but there was this ugly thing called a hyrax, and maybe they thought that was rabbits. No one quite knows. To recap all of that, the unification of Castile and Aragon created a really strong and global force. This coupled with the fact that the Pope supported them in their endeavors to explore would eventually give them free reign in the New World. Around this time, Spain and Portugal would become sea powers. If you controlled the sea, you controlled the Arabs' ability to get back and forth to the Iberian. That is why the Almohads abandoned the Iberian because they knew they would get stuck over there and destroyed. As I mentioned, 
the Emirate of Granada became a tributary of Castile. And what that was is basically Granada was funding the military buildup of Castile so that it could come down and eventually wipe it out because that was their ultimate goal. With the removal of the Emirate of Granada, the Catholics gained full control of the Iberian. And this ends the period of Reconquista because all of it has been reconquered.